Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and my dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering is as confusing to us as it is to them. I've seen how he treats his allies, it's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the pod where two buds chat bash. Yeah, um, this one is a little bit delayed because I was out of town this weekend. I went to beautiful Lassen National Park, saw some sulfur springs, they smelled like Uh, farts. Yeah, sure do. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. Got out some nature. Mm-hmm. It was, I stayed in a hotel that had, we had, I had no cell phone service and it had no Wi Fi. Oh, wow. I am not built for that. And That's amazing. I felt very unsafe, but also very like proud of myself. That's great. <laughs> no, I love that. That is how soft I have gotten. I went, a day and a half without Wi-Fi, and uh, I am a champion of the mountain. I need Wi-Fi. <laughs> Where is Wi-Fi? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, but there isn't actually. I'm, I think that this one might be a little bit of a quick episode because it's a two-parter, and a lot of the Easter eggs and cool story themes that we talked about in the first one. But I am still excited to chat about the saga of the Sindulas. Before Ish. we get to that, though. Yeah, like, let's, uh, let's, let's, Peter, let's see if you can guess some <laughs> cards. So as, as usual, our bit, I have in my hand three Phantom Menace, what are these called? Movie. It's the wide vision. Yeah. There movie it is. It's a wide, cards. wide vision movie trading cards. Well, I, I will, I will read the short description of what's happening, what scene, and you have to guess. Um, you ready? I am okay. Ready. Guess what scene this is? The description is the. I'm gonna. I'm doing it from easy to hard. Okay. What I've ranked the cold claw fish. <laughs> the cold claw fish. <laughs> That's a weird name, but I mean, I'm guessing it's the bit. There's always got to be a bigger fish, right? It's the monster coming up with the hand. It has like a hand. It looks like almost like a dragon, and it like comes up from behind yes and munches it i believe you are correct yeah that's it, it this is the uh this is the second fish or is it the first fish well let's read let's read the description Uh-oh. on the back oh this is disputed the lights on the sub flicker back on revealing an ugly luminous colo oh not cold colo clawfish directly ahead relax quaguan tells a frantic jar jar um, so I don't think this is this is actually the first fish. Uh, the second. Okay. One. I didn't get that. So then. you're not going to. That get is that. the first fish. All okay. Right. All right. Here's the second I'm one. I'm still ready. beating you though. Yeah. Well, I'm not in the race. <laughs> Flying across the desert. I mean, I think it's probably the Padme's ship flying across Tatooine. You are incorrect. What? Oh. It's one of the ten minutes of potential pod racing that makes a lot of sense actually because that seems much more pertinent to fandom menace for many fans betting on moss espa pod races is a favorite pastime it's literally just anakin's ship and it looks like uh sebulba's ship to the right that's that's all happened all right ready for the last one zero for two the mysterious enemy Hmm. Okay. This one could go a lot of directions. I know. It's hard. I think this is going to be the first time we see 
Darth Maul. I don't think it's the first time. It is Darth Maul. Uh, the nah. first time we see Darth Maul is in the desert. Yeah, you're right. That's so uh, before it is Darth- the the yeah. pot or before the lightsaber battle. It's a zoom yeah. in on his face before he reveals the exactly the, two, the, the double lightsaber dual lightsaber okay yeah sent to destroy both jedi darth maul arrives in feed mm. so it's that scene so zero for three pete it's not as That's easy as it looks is it? i'll give <laughs> you a real easy one you okay. know what because i have one right. card left so we don't so this is going to be the last out a hundred percent the last time we ever do this okay <laughs> jar jar's life debt um it's going to be when he pledges a life debt to <laughs> qui-gon Potentially, there's no Qui Gon in there. It's just Jar Jar standing behind two Gungan guards in front of two Gungan guards. And the card reads, I mean, you're close enough. Yeah. The card reads Gungan leader Boss Nass doesn't seem to care if the droid army invades Naboo since he will never, never like the big brained humans. Oh, those humans and their big brains. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Blessing and a curse. What do you say we talk about the bad bees? Yeah, let's talk about those bad bees. Yeah. How did you feel about this? Um, it's a two-parter, which kind of um, compartmentalizes how I feel to some degree. I, I like to view those holistically because mm-hmm. um, I think that's how they're kind of supposed to be viewed anytime something's named part one, part two. Um, so I'm going to reserve too much judgment for when part two comes out and then kind of think about the the bigger picture here. But um you know, it's it was a slow ramp up, and the ending's cool. Like overall, it's like mm-hmm. I was bored for fifteen minutes and uh, encapsulated by five. That's pretty much like first for first fifteen minutes. There's so many tropes I'm getting tired of, like you know the bad batch or any good guy. And this isn't even just Star Wars. This is just general fantasy. Like any bad guys being like, we can't do that. Like that's not our fight. And then someone being like it is your fight or it's my family or it is a good reason. And then being like, Oh, good point. We mm-hmm. will fight like that, that thing that happens all the time with them. Um, you're like, yeah, okay. It's just not, it's just not enthralling or like, you know, it could have been if I had never seen it before, but there's so many kind of those, um, you know, we get it. They're tough on the outside, soft on the inside. Um, yeah. but, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good cliffhanger at least because I think it's, it's ambiguous. Um, I don't think it was super clear. I think, I think you could, I think if the show writers get bold, it could go any direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, it's kind of my general feeling. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, did you... Did you say that it's a three-parter? No, two. Okay. I was, I was, yeah, I didn't know if you were saying that the next episode might be the conclusion to a three-episode arc. I actually don't. Oh, this is the second episode? I have no idea about that. I thought that's maybe what you were saying about that. Oh, I I thought this was the first of two. Let's, let's clarify that. What's this episode called? This is Rescue on Ryloth. This is episode two of a two-part Oh, this is the second episode. Yeah. Did you watch the wrong episode, Mike? No, episode. <laughs> I, uh, I I guess I thought this was uh, the first, and there was going to be a second. But that makes sense. The Sindulas are gone. Okay. Well yeah. then. Well then. With all that being said, um, I I don't know how I feel. I, 
they were, I guess the Syndulas are a cool vehicle to set up like that clones are, aren't agreeing what's with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, that was interesting. And I think, you know, it's what I am optimistic about is when we talked about the first part of this episode, we talked about how we thought this was how Eleni, um, Hera's mom was going to die. And maybe that's why Cham is resentful toward his daughter. And that might happen. And that, I think that's still a tragic thing, but it, it speaks to a patience of storytelling that I think might be interesting and might be good. Um, we don't have to wrap up Hera's mom's story in two episodes. And so they get off planet. We see that she is not in fact killed. They are still an intact family. Um, Hera's love for flight has kind of been sparked a little bit, um, which was kind of a nice building block as well. And I am optimistic that we're going to get more stories with the Syndulas as we continue in this series. Um, and so from that standpoint, you know, it felt to me like a successful two-parter. It wasn't mm-hmm. mind-blowing. It felt like a, gr- a good book. It felt like if this was a Hera novel that came out, I would be super into it. And oh, interesting. I think uh, that's kind of fun. I don't th- see. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully, you can't respectfully, dis- you can't respectfully disagree. I guess. You jerk. You jerk. I, I, <laughs> to me, it's not patient storytelling. To me, it's money grabbing. <laughs> it's like, we can get more story out of this. Like you can't kill Hera's mom in this episode. Um, we can't, we can't go too far. Like, let's save that for a potential. Like we really want to, and maybe less money grabbing, more like a, we really want to get as much as we can out of that story. And now is not the time to do it because we can't just focus on it enough, which is fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to be negative, but I'm definitely, I'm cooling off a little bit on, on Bad Batch. I'm, I'm hoping it. Yeah, I'm feeling. I mean, I guess it's a what I mean. When you're writing for TV, you don't really have a lot of op- options when you have a story like With this. existing characters who you know where their arcs go? No, you don't. Yeah. And so I guess why I'm saying patient storytelling is think of the alternative, and it, it might just be a preference thing. So they wrap this up, and then we never see Hera again. Then next week, they try to do something else, and then next week, they try to do something else. And probably knowing Star Wars, you know, they'll just bring in some other character, you know, two weeks from now is when they introduce Boba Fett and then we get like the Boba Fett arc and then two weeks from there, you know? Yeah. I just don't want that. I just don't want to keep meeting people we already know. To me, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of storytelling that is, um, you know, it's just, it's trying to, I I think the bolder move would be introduce new characters. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my tired, you know, gripe I always bring to the table of like, no, no, give us something new. And like, really, you know, we don't need like these Mandalorian, like you meet everyone, uh, the bad mm-hmm. batch, they meet everyone. Like, you know, everyone always says it, but it's true. The star Wars universe for how big it is sure is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, like everyone's bumping into everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I feel like this is a step toward that because mm-hmm. if they are stretching out the Syndulla story, then that's one family. That's one additional known aspect that they're bringing into the universe. And hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see the Syndulas three, four more times, but it's not like they're introducing all, you know, 
they're not like we're not going to see like job of the hut and we're not going to see yeah. all these other people we're, we're we're seeing and the thing the only argument i would have against that is that i feel like they are doing a pretty good job of introducing new things while still touching on the old things and i i completely understand when people want something com- new and an original and not have to be based on nostalgia and yeah. i i think that that's a fair criticism for sure yeah that's fair i it's interesting being forced to examine this because we're doing a podcast but mm-hmm. if we weren't doing this podcast i think i might skip i think the way i would treat this is how i treated um resistance I watched like the first few episodes and then I watched like episode, the last two episodes of every season. So I didn't see anything <laughs> in between. Cause I'm like, man, they're not going to do anything interesting. And I, I feel like I got like the story. I'm like, okay, I got a story. Yeah. That's almost how I would treat this. The bad batch is like, I watched the first episode really love the first episode. Um, and I would probably just wait until the end of the season yeah, fair enough. I I'm I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Um you know, I think one of the an example of the new elements they're bringing in is this character Hauser. Um and I thought that moment where Hauser kind of reckoned with what he was doing for the empire and wanted to be a voice of reason for his brothers. I thought that was kind of a cool moment. Yeah, yeah, that was I'm great. very yeah. surprised that Crosshair didn't just shoot him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to happen too. No, I think that was a cool moment. And I really hope that this show, again, we said it in the last episode, but I hope this show starts to show the, the split of clones from mm-hmm. Stormtroopers. And I think it will, especially with the episode coming up of, you know, Project War Mantle that we know is centered around, you know, not clones, this non-clone army, this... um apparently free will army. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Cause that's, that's a story I'm really interested in. And I think that's a territory that the bad batch has earned in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the episodes I'll show up for. Like war mantle is what I'm really excited for. Yeah, totally. I think that they, a question I have, I'm not going to say a criticism because it might be something that they bring up is they've laid the breadcrumbs for how the inhibitor chips work, but they haven't really explained it. And I have seen some confusion online about this. And I I understand the confusion is why is Hauser even able to convince other clones to turn, to lay down their weapons? Why, why when Hauser gives a speech to some of his crew go, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't follow these orders when they have the inhibitor chips in them. Yeah. I have some headcanon about it, but they haven't done a great job of explaining it. And I think that's one outstanding question that I walked away with for this episode that I wish was a little bit more fleshed out. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, I, I don't, I, I think star Wars is, would be worried to over to precisely define it because then it would show cracks in other places. <laughs> so I think they do well to not define things too precisely. Like it works like this. Exactly like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't Clone think... Clone Metachlorians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? They're yeah. a perfect example. So I, I don't think we will ever get an, an explanation, a precise one, as well as, uh, I don't know. You know, I have a headcanon of it. It feels like a mix of nature and nurture. And the nature is a forced upon nature. It's in the form of the inhibitor chip. But um, 
I think there's obviously some nurture being played into how the clones um, react to it. And also, I think they did a good enough job setting up a stage of like, oh, these clones, their uh, their gene pool is, you know, mm-hmm. deteriorating. They're not as good as they once were. And I wonder if that's going to somehow play into like the, you know, they're they're not as, sub, as submissive. It's almost like Jurassic Park, like life finds a way. They're, <laughs> they're breaking out of this. You know, we tried to force them into a a thing, but you know they're not robots; mm-hmm. they're clones, but they're still organic life forms, and their organic life form is finding ways to override this inhibitor chip, just like uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, and I think that's a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking as well. Is they have laid that groundwork? You know, Rex also said that very few clones can resist it, so maybe these clones are part of the very few. One interesting thing I was thinking about that might play a part is, like you said, they're not robots. They're not zombies. It's not like the inhibitor chip necessarily, you know, turn them into mind control. Like, they're they're the same as they were before. I think what the inhibitor chip did was essentially convince them that the Jedi committed treason and just program them to think that the empire is the right side of this. Mm. So to the clones, they still have free will. They still have thought. They still have all of their personality, but they think that the empire is the same as the Republic. So they're just treating people like enemies of the Republic, which they would have done in the clone wars as well. So I think that lends a little bit of credence to this thing where, you know, he says a speech and some of the clones are convinced to disobey direct orders and turn on the side they think is right because they can see that this is unjust and they're convinced and other clones, you know, they, they have more loyalty. Um, they're distinct personalities in that way. And I think that's a more interesting story than, you know, we flipped a switch and now you're mindless killing machines. Yeah, I agree. And, and to, to some, and to some degree as well, I think it, it could be a thing like, they're all, they're all just basically sleeper agents. And Order mm-hmm. 66 was like the magic word to say that that, that f- turned them on. Like, oh, Order 66. Yep. Like, and the inhibitor chip really was just reacting to that. And that potentially Palpatine's plan only went that far. And then he thought, well, then I'm going to get rid of them and make, you know, yeah. a different army. And so to some degree, the clones are wrestling with that decision, that, that, that mm-hmm. Order 66 thing they had to do. Even though, and not all of them had to not every single clone killed the Jedi. There weren't that many Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think as a group, they're just, for those especially who didn't have to make that turn, I think, you know, potentially they were never turned on to some degree. Yeah. Well put. They weren't, you know, you don't want to turn on your clones too much. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some things, some other things I did like about this episode is I, I walked away thinking this felt very Star Wars, especially, I mean, the gonk droid sound. I think this is the first time we actually heard gonky speak, quote unquote. Yeah. And it, I just love how the gonk droid sound. Yeah. Um, and then also this escape attempt after Hauser kind of tells them there's an ambush and they get away in the ship and yeah. Crosshair's just shooting in the ship. I'm just like, man, what's more Star Wars than someone like shooting at a ship even though they know nothing's going to happen. Yeah. As well, it gets away from them. 
What's funny is two episodes ago, though, we saw Crosshair shoot an engine. And so I thought <laughs> he could very well shoot. Yeah, you're the right. Engine. So I was like, okay, so I, I don't really understand what his barometer for I could shoot that is. <laughs> um, it's not very crosshair like. He sure yeah. misses a lot for being a sniper. It's plot armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, that, like I said, the whole last five minutes was really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was pretty successful the breakout, the 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 turn, you know, the trying to convince the other clones this is wrong. Um, and then the, the, the ultimate moment of Crosshair saying, like, you know, permission to hunt them down. Yeah, that ending was so cool. Because you, uh, for me, I don't know if I believe that, you know, he heard that speech. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so what's, what's going to happen when, when he faces them? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, there's, a, there's something I put in my notes, which I thought was interesting, is, you know, Crosshair's big thing is good... Good soldiers follow orders. And, like, he didn't follow an order in this episode. He was ordered to go def- defend the fuel depot. And he was like, no, they're going to be here. Let's defend here instead. Yeah. So is that just, you know, something you can, you know, wave away as saying he follows orders unless he is doing the thing that he thinks his superior would like more and so he's yeah. still under that same programming. Or is that a very small Easter egg to show that maybe the inhibitor chip is losing its hold on him a little bit as well? Potentially. Yeah, that could be. That that would be really nuanced writing. Yeah, it's grasping for straws, but yeah, it I, could be the very first tiny pebble to other pebbles that they start laying in yeah. other episodes. Or it could be nothing. Yeah, let's keep an eye on it. My My gut tells me that He's not breaking an order because like the order is like, it's like you're a soldier in war. The order is win the war, defeat the bad guys. So for him, he's still trying to win the war and defeat the bad guys. As long as the bad guys are still those people. Well, I think he said like they, I think they said specifically like, like they were on their way to the fuel depot and he was like, wait a minute, their target's not the fuel depot. And I think one of the squad mates said something like, but our orders are to go to the fuel depot. And he's like, but that's not where they're going to attack. We're going to stay here. Like, I think that that's the only reason it pinged for me is because mm-hmm. I thought they said specifically, like we have orders to go here. And he said, no, we're going to do something else. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, so, that may be something again. It's a very, very small, small, small Easter egg, uh, or no, not even but... Easter egg, a little breadcrumb, but we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? It could yeah. be something. Another fun touch, and honestly, this might be the only re- thing I really have for the rest of the episode. Oh, there there were two things that I had is, first of all, just to wrap up the chips, why didn't they tell Hauser about the chip? I feel like they had time, and like Hunter even gave him a, a look back, a mournful look back when Hauser was like, I'll cover for you guys. I feel like it would just be super easy for him to say, oh, by the way, there's a chip in your head, so you should try to get that out. All right, bye. <laughs> but they just never mention it. So Yeah, you think they would <laughs> you think they would broadcast that more readily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny. Um, and then the actual last thing I had was there we talked about most of the Easter eggs um in the first episode, the things like chopper ship in the courtyard and things like that. But something fun in this episode is I didn't realize that they mentioned that Tech showed Hera how to scramble 
yeah. your signature. Mm-hmm. She and does that so, like a thousand times in Rebels. Well, yeah, well, that's the reason why the ghost is called the ghost is it's it can hide its signature. And so oh, yeah. tech is technically yeah. <laughs> tech is technically responsible for the reason that the ghost is such a special ship. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I guess the the Havoc Marauder has the same technology as the the ghost as well. So oh, that that's was kind cool. of a cool, cool little Easter egg. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts, Mike? Um, no, this was a good one overall. And now I'm, I'm reflecting to this as the ending of two parts, not the beginning of two parts. And it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I hope they just keep going down the clone hole, like go down like the yeah. clones and the stormtrooper split and clone agency versus inhibitor chip stuff. That's, that's for me where the show wins and where they have, in my opinion, the right to play and they've earned it yeah. through writing. But this, you know, constant, do you love this character too? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think they've potentially maxed that out for the season. Yeah. You got to be careful not to turn on the clones when you go through the clone hole though. Don't turn on clones. Don't touch the clone. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. On uh, that note, do you want to get to our grading scale? Yeah. How we like to end every episode is on a rating scale from our current most favorite to current least favorite sidekick in Star Wars. So my current most favorite sidekick in Star Wars is K2SO, lovable droid. My current least favorite is Jar Jar Binks. Uh, sorry, Jar Jar. I would give this episode a very specific Landau Calrissian from Solo as played mm-hmm. by Donald Glover because... It took a iconic character and, in my opinion, made it better. Uh, I love the Lando Calrissian of Solo. Um, I'm glad that is your stance because I was nervous which way uh, you were going to go and we uh, might have to have fighting words for that. Absolutely love Donald Glover and oh, yeah. his um, reimagination of uh, a great character. So I would give this episode an A in the arc of... Um, uh, it's almost an A plus for, it's funny Ooh. for all the griping mm-hmm. I did about it, um, within the context of this show so far, the episodes we've seen, this one's an A, A plus. Nice. I like that. Um, so also before I get to it, if anyone hasn't watched Atlanta, it's on Hulu, you got to watch Atlanta. It's one of the most brilliant shows I've ever seen in my life hmm. done by Donald Glover. So just a quick shout out. Watch Atlanta. It'll make your life better. Um, my favorite sidekick is Ahsoka Tano. My least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar Binks. Even though I do love Jar Jar Binks and I have a special place in my heart, I just think it is the least successful of mm. the sidekicks. Between that, I'm going to give this one Chopper which is what I gave it last week too. Cause I think, I mean, it's a very complete story. Um, I think, and I think I gave it an A last week and that's how I feel as well is, uh, you know, I'm taking this as this two parter is a complete arc and I think it was a successful arc. Mm. I think they did a good job. It had good vibes. There was cool storytelling and I'm, I am satisfied and looking forward to what comes next. Wonderful. Well, I am too. Yeah, I'm a little nervous that the next just the, just from the name, it's called Infested. I think. Yeah, I know we're gonna go to a bug planet. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about next episode, but yeah. um, 
we will see. Hopefully, it'll be surprising. God, just not bugs. Anything but a bug <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, people, wonderful listeners, you know where to find us at Rebels Rebels Pod on Instagram, sometimes Twitter, and you can email the show at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com. Yep. That's it. And until <laughs> next time. I don't know. You're looking at me like I have a catchphrase to end the show. <laughs> no, it's me. Until next time, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.